I am guessing that most of us probably rely on mirrors every day. They help us to see ourselves, how we look, whether our hair is crazy, whether we got a good night's sleep or not, whether that shirt matches those pants. We stand in front of a mirror or we hold a mirror when we're shaving or putting on makeup or brushing our hair or our teeth. Mirrors show us who we are on the outside, but they don't show us who we are on the inside. Looking into a mirror does not show me the depths of my soul and all the emotions that live there. The Psalms do. The Psalms do. The Psalms are the Bible's mirror for our internal thoughts and feelings. They accurately reflect all the complexities of human emotions. And more than that, the Psalms help us to pray those complex emotions to God and with God. They give us permission to to pray in certain ways. They give us words to say when no words come to mind. When we use the Psalms to help us pray, our prayer lives become deeper, and when our prayer lives become deeper, our relationship with Jesus grows. So far, we've talked about uh, the Psalms helping us to pray openly and honestly. We've talked about praying our sadness with God. We've talked about praying our anger with God. Today, we focus on praying something that may be harder than we think. Joy. Joy. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that it would grow us, transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. So many psalms of joy to choose from. We had one as our opening centering moment, uh, but the scripture passage for this morning is Psalm 47. Listen for God's word. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout joyfully to God with a joyous shout, because the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great king of the whole world. He subdues the nations under us, subdues all people beneath our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us, the heights of Jacob, which he loves. God has gone up with a joyous shout, the Lord with the blast of a ram's horn. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises, because God is king of the whole world. Sing praises with a song of instruction. God is king over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The leaders of all people are gathered with the people of Abraham's God because the earth's guardians belong to God. God is exalted above all. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, about a month ago, our family went to a playground near downtown Raleigh that we had never been to before. It looked awesome online. There were great pictures of of high rope things to climb. They even had a giant metal slide, which I didn't even know they allowed at parks anymore these days. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Our boys had such a wonderful time playing there, climbing and sliding and laughing. They were full of joy, and they weren't afraid to show it. And by far and away, my favorite moment of the day was when our youngest son stood at the top of this giant metal slide and he looked down at us to make sure that we were paying attention and, and then proceeded to sing slash yell at the top of his lungs, I am Moana, 
and slide down the huge slide. (laughs) And when he popped out, he was grinning from ear to ear and standing like this, like turning around to, to, to try to get to invite the whole playground to share in this moment of joy. And Lauren and I couldn't help but, but laugh and, and, and smile and experience the spillover of his delight, delighting in his delight. There was no doubt that he wanted uh, us to hear and share in his joy with him. Joy has this way of wanting to be shared, wanting to overflow. And yet, a part of me was wondering, you know, why, why can't I let my joy loose like that? Why is it sometimes so hard for us to be honest about our joy? Not to suppress it, but to give it its time on the stage of our lives. Why is it sometimes hard for us to let our joy loose before God in prayer? To give it time on the stage of our prayers. Brene Brown, who has written and studied so much about human emotion, says that joy is the most terrifying emotion. Joy is the most terrifying emotion because it makes us feel the most vulnerable. She says it can feel like a setup. We don't want to lean into joy. We don't want to give it too much airtime. We don't want to give it expression because we're afraid that something bad is bound to happen and the fall and the crash will just be too far and too hard. It's like looking at your child when they're asleep and having this great sense of joy just wash over you, but you're afraid to linger there. You're afraid to to savor it. You're afraid to express that joy and stay there because then it's, oh my goodness, but what if something happens to them? It's like waking up in the morning and thinking, You know, wow, work is going really well right now. Wow, all all my kids are are actually healthy right now. Wow, you know, like I'm I'm in the best health that, that, that I've been in. Man, we just got back from a really awesome vacation. Oh, man, something's about to happen. It's like looking at all the wonderful things God is doing here in this place, all the new people God is bringing to our church lives being transformed and having this deep sense of joy but not allowing myself to stay there because, oh my goodness, what if we don't have enough money or volunteers or leaders or small groups or what if people drift away and lose the fire and stop coming? It's like we're rehearsing tragedy and scarcity instead of rehearsing abundant life with God. Isn't that precisely why we need the words to be able to linger vulnerably in the joy, to give it airtime, to to connect it to God who cannot be taken away from us. That's why we need to pray something like, clap your hands, all you people, shout joyfully to God with a joyous shout because the Lord God most high is king of the whole world. The Psalms help us to pray our joy. In fact, in Hebrew, the book of the Psalms is called Book of the Psalms of Praise. And even though 40% of the Psalms are lament, it's clear that joy and praise of the underlying current, it's clear that's the trajectory. Psalm 47 is such a great example of how to pray our joy. It shows us this pattern of 
invitation to praise, and then reason, and then a reason. Invitation to praise, and then a reason. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout joyfully to God with a joyous shout, or later on, sing praises to God. Sing praises. That's the invitation to praise. That's the, that's the name, the, 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 the naming, the externalizing of the depth of joy, making it visible, giving our whole selves permission to feel it. Joy is completely invitational that way in the Psalms. In the same way that the Psalms of, of sadness, in the same way the fullness of sadness, rather, in the Psalms is all-encompassing, Right? Bones being crushed, tears drenching my bed. The language of the Psalms of joy is likewise all-encompassing, right? Bodies wanting to dance, hands wanting to clap, voices wanting to sing and shout. The language of joy in the Psalms is, is like my son on the playground shouting, singing all the way down the slide, popping out, waiting to see who wants to join and share in his joy. Because in other psalms, like the psalm that we opened with as our call to worship, even all creation is invited to be joyful with rivers and trees and oceans and and mountain peaks joining in and praising God and expressing joy. As Eugene Peterson says, joy is life in excess. Joy is life in excess. So joy wants and needs more than just a a quiet internal ping of delight. Joy summons body parts and other people and even creation itself to join in because it's a mile wide and a mile deep. It overflows because it finds its source in the overflowing of God's abundant and generous life. There is a reason for our joy after all, right? And that's what follows the invitation to praise. When we pray our joy, we invite, we give our whole selves and others and all creation permission to feel and express joy in all its form, fullness. And then we name the reason for our joy. In other words, we practice gratitude. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout joyfully to the Lord. Why? Because the Lord Most High is awesome. He's the great King of the whole world. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Why? Because God is king over the whole world. Because God gathers all nations. When we pray our joy to God, we are clear about giving the reason for our joy. We name something about God's generous nature that is the source for the joy that we feel. Now in the context of Psalm 47... It's all about God's generous rescue of Israel and rule over all the world. It's joy at the fact that God subdued what was for Israel, the chaos that surrounded them in their history, other nations more powerful than they were, including the ones that had enslaved them. It's it's joy at the truth that all people belong to God. It's joy that anticipates the day when God will gather all nations and they will beat their weapons into garden hooks. It's the joy that God's kingdom is all-encompassing. Which, by the way, that's why it's completely missing the mark when people use the psalm and language of God subduing people as a way to prop up a kind of Christian nationalism or sense of superiority. This is not joy expressed in terms of nationalist pride, but joy that the people of Israel belonged to Yahweh, to God, 
and they were ruled by God. So God is the source and the focus and the reason of the praise and the joy. And so when we pray our joy, we must not take for granted the source of that joy. As Christians, we have all the reasons in the world to experience joy. Not at God subduing nations, but God subduing the chaos in our lives. Not at God giving us land as an inheritance, but God giving us the inheritance of of, of an eternal kingdom with God forever. We have an infinite source of joy. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. God wins. Love wins. Hope wins. One day God will wipe away every tear. I mean, we could go on and on forever. Praise God. And praying this joy draws us out of ourselves and deeper into God's abundance. Let God know that we know about God's goodness and love. Tell God why our hands can't stop clapping, why our hearts want to beat out of our chests, why we can't stop from shouting or singing. When I was at Duke, I'll never forget one, one evening going to Ben and Jerry's uh, with some friends from the campus ministry I was a part of, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We were just going to hang out, have a good time together. We did. We enjoyed ourselves. We were laughing and talking and, and eating ice cream. And when we got up to leave, we walked past the table. There was an older gentleman there with his wife, and they were um, getting ice cream together. Most of my friends had gone out the door. I was kind of bringing up the rear. Walked past, and he, he tapped me on the arm. And he said, excuse me, can I ask you a question? Are you guys Christian? I was like, oh boy, I don't know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, we're, we, yeah, we're, we're Christian. He said, I thought so. I could tell by your joy. And I will never, ever forget that. And yet I wonder, I wonder, can God tell that we are Christians by our joy when we pray? The Psalms teach us to give our reason. My soul leaps for joy, God, because every single morning your mercies for me are brand new. I feel like dancing, God, because you have allowed me to be a father when I didn't know for sure I was going to be one. Let everything that is within me praise you, God, because you have been so patient with me as a pastor. What would you pray today? What would you pray? What would be your reason? And what if you don't feel joy? Psalm 47 sounds like the psalm of a people who feel great joy, like it's a spontaneous response to something. Sometimes praying our our joy is and must be that way. It's spontaneous. You see a sunset. You're proud of your kid. You just enjoyed a great meal. You've heard a beautiful song. You got to slide down a giant metal slide and joy bubbles up and you express it to God in response right then and there. And sometimes praying our joy is not spontaneous. It's a deliberate decision. It's a deliberate even though nevertheless decision. I wonder if we could imagine the possibility of a group of Israelites singing or praying this psalm in the midst of sadness or hardship. Psalm 47 is written, was written, and most Bibles have this instruction, written 
to be used in the context of worship itself for Israel. I mean, Israel's history was marked by, by hardship and trials. I, mean, I, I don't imagine that every time the people gathered for worship at the temple, everything was just wonderful. No sadness and no despair and no fear and, and no pain. No, those things were there just as they're present in our lives. In fact, so much of life feels like we're at the beach and in the water and there's this undertow pulling at us. There's this undertow of apathy and negativity and despair and resignation and fear that threatens to pull us down and under. That's precisely when praying our joy to God has to be a conscious choice, an act of resistance against those forces. We choose to pray joy to keep us afloat. Praying our joy, even when hard things are happening, is the buoyancy we need to keep our heads above water. Psalms of joy give us a life vest for all the things that would sink us as being a joyful people. And so we pray, sing to the Lord, sing praises. Sing praises to God because God is king of the whole world. Even when it looks and feels otherwise in our lives and world. Praying our joy isn't naive. It's realistic about life. It's just more realistic about God. Because God is the most joyful being in the universe. The beginning of the whole story is God's joy and delight at what God made. The very end of the story is God's joy and delight at living with, with what God remade. And the middle of the story is God coming to live with us in the person of Jesus so that our joy might be full. And along the way, yes, there is sadness, and yes, there is fear, and yes, there is despair. Yes, God is a God who weeps with us and who suffers with us, but also delights and rejoices too. Joy is not some fake veneer to apply to suffering and pain. It's resilient strength to get through. And so we must pray it, because weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes before sadness and despair. Joy will come after sadness and despair. And it goes beside them, helping us to stay afloat. And yes, sometimes we'll go under. But when we make the choice to nevertheless pray, clap your hands, everyone. Sing to the Lord. Sing praises for God is king over all the earth. We'll come back up. Joy, abundant life in excess. Sometimes joy is spontaneous. Sometimes it's a deliberate decision. But in both cases, it cries out to be expressed to God and with God, the most joyful being in the universe. Joy rooted in God is invincible. But it's not supposed to be invisible. The Psalms teach us to pray it to God as praise. And when we do, we are drawn even deeper into the infinite, joy-filled, gracious presence of God. We're buoyed up against the, the undertow of despair. So friends, what, 
gives you joy? What is giving you joy right now? Whether it's spontaneous or nevertheless joy. What's giving you joy right now? I hope that we will be gloriously vulnerable in expressing it to God through prayer. Because after all, in the end, all prayer will be praise anyway. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As we have throughout this